You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 51. This episode's topic, Reports from the Field, Networking and Building Community at Conferences. Hello and welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, one of the best ways we can be a voice and study the issues is by learning more. And one of the ways to learn, of course, is listening to this podcast as you are. There's a lot of other ways to learn too. And one of those ways is being able to go to conferences and building community with other people who are in this field, care about this issue. And so we're going to spend some time looking at that today. Well, I just have to tell you, Dave, that just before I started attending a series of conferences, I had listened to your podcast about how to get the most out of going to a conference. Oh, I do Mm. remember you now, you mentioned that sending me an email or a tweet or something that you had listened to it. Yeah, it was right it, before you it left. It was really helpful because sometimes I look at the schedule and I feel obligated to fill every single second mm. by if, occupying a seat in a workshop, getting in between. I don't stop. And I realized how important the networking aspect of conferences is for, for us as practitioners and partners and, and just in whatever role we are in whatever the subject is. So in my role in anti-human trafficking, I I tried to apply that to these conferences that I've recently attended. Mm. And uh, my thinking shifted on this years ago when I read a book called Never Eat Alone by uh, Keith Ferrazzi, I think is his last name. Oh. And he talked about in that book how, it's a great book, by the way, uh, he talks about in that book how it's conferences are really all about the relationships. Yes, you can get some good content there Mm -hmm. and and see some good presentations, but really you go for the relationships to be able to connect with people and to be able to build partnerships. So uh, yeah, Chuck and I talked about it on the show. So if you want to know more about that, we're going to talk about some of that today. If you want to know more about it, you can get it to um, get it at coachingforleaders.com slash 73, and that'll get you there for even more information. But we've got a lot to look at today on how to apply that and utilize that. Well, and just taking that principle, um, we're going to talk about two conferences that I've attended, the Justice Matters 2 out in Murrieta, California, in Riverside County, and the Justice Conference. It's their third annual, and it was held in Philadelphia this year. It'll be in Los Angeles next year, and it's sponsored um, by World Relief and Ken um, Witzma, who is the uh, president of Kilns College and founder of the Justice Conference. Mm. And the a- applying this idea of networking and building community and relationship um, is really foundational to my participation in those conferences and in the planning of our Ensure Justice Conference. Mm. When we planned our Ensure Justice Conference this year, The idea was to create opportunity for community engagement, particularly with law enforcement. So when I was invited to help put together a community conference for one day out in Murrieta, I talked to uh, the 
organizers and said, what if we built our conference around building expertise and resource identification between all of the partners working on human trafficking in Riverside County? And they thought the idea was great and they nodded their heads and little did they know what a journey we would go on. So I was excited on February 16th to see the fruition of all of our hard planning. We started the day with a plenary session that um, first we built um, the frame of four Ps, which we've heard over and over, prevention, Mm -hmm. protection, prosecution, and... Partnership. Very good. Very good. And so we started off with a panel discussion and we had a victim service rep, a local sheriff's deputy, an FBI agent, and Homeland Security investigator on a panel. So we blended for the community the the um, authorized victim service provider and the different branches of law enforcement that were addressing human um, trafficking in their area. Mm. And we asked them the question about what is your job? How do you function differently in your roles across this panel? And then finally, what do you need from us, the community? Where do do you want us to plug in our expertise and our resources? And they were pretty blunt about telling us they did not want us to go out under cover of dark and beat down doors and rescue victims. But they had lots of places for us to get involved. And we were um, given opportunities then later to, to engage with these representatives And so there was an opportunity for one-on-ones, time in the hallways, time in workshops. So those relationships were strengthened in that community. And that was not a conference that was built on big national relationships. It was built on a local model. The workshop leaders were amazing and had um, specific community assessment models and community assessment implementation so the participants were asked to figure out what's going on in your community and uh, mapping and the people there in the room knew on this street corner we've got this resource and it was wonderful they also knew what they didn't have and identifying those gaps was really helpful and then they're looking at some of the presenters that came in from outside to help them fill those expertise gaps and um, when our When our exhibit tables were open with all these different organizations that came, it allowed a lot of time for conversations. And I saw uh, people talking with law enforcement, people talking with victim service. I saw law enforcement going to the nonprofits, the NGOs, and saying, wow, I'd never heard about what you guys were doing. Can you? And so building those kinds of of relationships was very rewarding for me to Mm. watch that happen. When when we had our second plenary session, we had Steve Lowe, who is the executive chaplain of Pacific Youth Correctional Ministries here in Orange County at our juvenile hall. And we also had Sherry Harris, who is the Salvation Army Victim Service um, NETS director. And they gave us perspective on who is the victim from the why are they at risk when we're talking about juveniles and why are international foreign victims. And they really helped us see that sometimes our our media um, ideas about victims is really has been shaped and is distorted 
So they gave us a much more real perspective on what's happening in our own backyard. And that was helpful. And then finally, we closed with um, one of our guests from previously, Harmony Dust, and Susan Muncy, who is a friend at Generate Hope in San Diego. And we wanted them to help us with the now what because both of them are survivor advocates. And we didn't want to hear their horrible stories over again. You know, sometimes that's just um, our our survivor advocates are really gracious to go back and back and back and do that. But what we really wanted to know is now what do we do that will help some other little girl, some other little boy, some other person not become a victim? What could we have done to intervene and of course, they gave us amazing, amazing insight into there were moments when they were really pretty small, when if someone would have stepped in and said something, uh, they would never have become the survivor advocate with this horrible story. Um, and then the icing on the cake for me, um, Harmony stopped and Dave, she said, actually, and she paused Actually, if someone would have helped my mother when she was 15. Mm. And I realized again how important and, and how significant the, the perpetuation of these kinds of circumstances are and how important it is for us to intervene. And the impact is not just for that one, but if someone had intervened with Harmony's mom, then Harmony and her brother would have had entirely different lives. Mm. There wouldn't be a story. It'd be kind of like the Bible story in 2 Kings chapter 4 where the two little boys that the creditors were going to take never became slaves because someone intervened. And so the, the, the local conference out in Marietta was just very inspiring, and the people there worked really hard and they developed new relationships, and I believe that we'll see some exciting outcomes from that. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned relationships because one of the things you and I talked about before us sitting down to record today was that you had changed your mindset of how you approached conferences beforehand, uh, and part of it was listening to the show I had done with Chuck. But I'm curious, what had, what did you change in your mindset, and and why? Two things. First of all, I um, I changed the way I approached my role. Now, at the Justice Matters Conference, mm-hmm. I was um, a keynote speaker and MC for the program, so I had a lot of work to do. I intentionally made sure that I put my stuff in my briefcase, and when I arrived on the scene, I was available to talk to people mm-hmm. instead of going and finding a corner and going over my notes one more time. Uh, you know, I've probably told the four piece story enough times I don't need to review again. It's much more important for me to make those relationships. Hmm. And then when I got to the justice conference in Philadelphia and I saw the rich schedule and full schedule and I began to go through and mark, oh, I want to go to this one. I want to go to that one. And oh, I bet this is going to be terrific. I heard the podcast echoing in my mind and I realized I am here for more than content. Content is something I can find online. I can order the book that the speaker wrote. I can do a lot of things, but there are people 
here that I may never see again. Hmm. And there are relationships that I want to develop and um, opportunities to connect. Because really, the ending human trafficking community is only going to get stronger if we become more connected. It's like weaving together a basket. The tighter it is, um, the less grain falls through. And if you want to hold something really messy, liquid, it's got to be really, really tight. So my goal was really to develop those relationships. Ah, so you uh, took your took your time to invest more in being available to people and then not going to quite as many sessions, but really taking the time to build those connections. So what happened as a result of changing your mindset and doing that in these well, situations? First of all, I, I had been originally asked to come out and do a workshop. And so I was very prepared to do that. And then I got invited to partner with Point Loma and their Center for Justice and Reconciliation to host a forum dinner for universities looking to work with churches and NGOs to better better build those connections. Oh, wow. So that's kind of the don't eat alone. We decided we're, everybody has to get um, a meal, so we'll do it all together and intentionally build that relationship. So I worked really hard with my partners at Point Loma and from World Relief and Salvation Army, and we got 90 people in the room around tables and had a discussion and the relationships are going to build better networks and inform um, how we do the partnership of the four P's. Um, Beyond that, I intentionally did not rush between workshops. So if someone stopped me, it was pretty easy for me to say, yeah, I'd I'd love to have a cup of coffee with you. And I crossed that workshop off. Um, I intentionally planned a coffee time with a new friend from Regent University. And the relationship time was a much better investment than sitting and downloading more content, which is not to say that I didn't download a lot of content. And in fact, at the Justice Conference, um, because it is not just human trafficking, the it was much easier for me to see that uh, and and identify and say to other people human trafficking is not the problem it's the symptom and the justice conference um, addresses more of the deeper root problems uh, like poverty and so um, taking time to listen to some some deep roots on those kinds of justice themes that are biblical, that um, we have long histories of social movements. I loved our podcast guest, um, Kim, who talked about reading early abolitionist writers and and learning how they approached this and and that they were they were just everyday people who encountered this and said, no, I'm not going to stand for it. And they built they built networks. So um, getting new ideas and then having an opportunity to talk about them. So going to, I, I went to a, um, a presentation by Eugene Cho, and he's co-founder of One Day's Wages and a pastor at Quest in, um, in the Northwest. And he talked about some of our media practices in our social justice that I, I resonated with. And 
So taking his ideas and then spreading them through my network is building that community. Some of the things that he talked about is we have to ask ourselves if telling the story and putting the pictures of of poverty and of victims up on screens, if it is really worth the price because it dehumanizes. Are we asking people about um, dignity and and how are we how are we actually in some way exploiting in order to raise the funds that we we so urgently and and feel compelled to to raise so that we can do something for them um it became very clear as as i as i sat through different sessions during the conference that there are a lot of people who don't think money is the biggest issue mm. and in fact the closing um, patriarch really of um, reconciliation and justice is the um, the professor at Seattle Pacific John Perkins his name resonates with many peoples he he marched with Martin Luther King and at one point as we talked and they had a panel and they talked about poverty as a root issue of human trafficking and exploitation um, and the the panel was discussing, and they looked towards John Perkins and paused because we were going to hear a word of wisdom. And his word was, it's not going to work to take from the rich and give to the poor. Pause. By tomorrow, the rich will have it back because the poor are going to go buy a Mercedes. And I, I thought, oh, oh, and I... I that wasn't what I expected, but he gave us cause to rethink some of our preconceived notions. And, and at the end of the evening, then there's small groups breaking up, starting to talk about those things because we're not in a hurry. We got out early enough and there was a lot of time um, left for conversation that built those networks and built those um, links to different communities that are doing different things. I loved World Relief. They had um, amazing resources there. Steve Bauman is the CEO, and it, it is really clear that there was a, a sincere desire to begin to build stronger cross um, the nation and global relationships that aren't built on um, I'm part of this group and you're part of that group. So there just isn't much greater openness and awareness that nobody has um, all the answers or all the resources and partnership is really the only way that we're going to be able to do that. And what you've mentioned, Sandy, is just so important for us to think about when we're going to a conference, whether it's for human trafficking or poverty or any other issue is to really take some time to think about what are the investments we want to make in relationships. And I don't know about you, Sandy, but a lot of even the larger conferences that I've been invited to recently, I haven't been to a conference recently just with our son being so young, but um, a lot of the conferences now will aud- will video or audio link to all of the sessions. And you can sometimes pay a little additional fee for your conference registration and you can get everything on audio and video. So the content is still there and available to you. But you can spend your time at the conference doing which is probably most most valuable, which is building those relationships. So conferences are incredibly valuable for that. 
uh, and you still have access to all that content and information. That's great even if you are there and go to all the sessions because you can't make it to everything even if, no. you, if yeah. you go there. So that's that's a great tool that I know I'm going to use going forward when I go to conferences is to spend my time building relationships and uh, have the content available in another place later. I think, I think one of the um, benefits of the Justice Conference was the wide variety of, of guest speakers so that we began to look at um, not just uh, the most impoverished, the most exploited, but we looked at things that might have been um, less of a justice issue for us because uh, we didn't see what was going on, invisible things to us, particularly to us here in the West. And so uh, one of the one of the speakers that just had a few moments, his name is Peter Harris, talked about um, how our forests have been um, pillaged and the, the communities that have allowed that to happen haven't realized that they've lost their heritage and their and they've lost their um, their community resource and began to talk about um, justice as restoring and talking about a community that uh, they started tree nurseries and giving the forest back to this community so that the forest becomes, and I love this term, the forest is the banker and the tree nursery pays all of the children's school fees. And this was a, was a community where the poverty was so horrific. Children weren't able to go to school because mom and dad couldn't afford the school uniform or the books. And um, with all the good that child um, sponsorship packages do, not every child gets sponsored. And so the fact that they became resilient in a sustainable, in their own community, to me, I was like jumping up and down because that means they're going to get an education, they're going to have a future, and that's not going to be a village that traffickers are going to be very successful in recruiting victims from. Mm. So it's like the ultimate in prevention. My Probably my, um, my favorite speaker of the entire Justice Conference was a very quiet and rather... Um, uh, reserved Chinese young woman. Um, I'd never really heard her name before. Chai Ling is the founder of All Girls Allowed, and she has written A Heart for Freedom, The Remarkable Journey of a Young Dissident, Her Daring Escape, and Her Quest to Free China's Daughters. Hmm. Her story of escape, because she was at... Um, Tenement Square, her story of restoration and um, making a successful life here in America, and then uh, finding God and really beginning to understand who she really is. And she said some things that I think I will carry with me for a very long time, particularly when I'm working with uh, victims, with survivors. And I want to be very careful to care for them and not because, you know, I started this um, conference sitting in Eugene Cho's message and talking about how we dehumanize those that we're trying to serve Mm. by marketing 
um, their their story, and um, it's like a little formula. Put pictures of children on the screen, play some music, and pass a plate. And Chang Lee Ling, she said, um, she said, my heart burns with pain. My heart burns with pain for those girls in China, China's daughters. And she said that she medicated her own pain. She medicated her own pain by seeking justice. Mm. I don't know how to live that out 24 hours a day, but the idea that um, 60% of the sex trafficking in the region of Northern China particularly is related to the one child policy. Her, her explanation around that um, just made my heart burn with pain. What do we do about this? How can we be a voice? And I, I loved her, her passion. She holds an MBA from Harvard business school. She's, um, she's, has a degree from Beijing University, and her efforts are absolutely understated and gentle. And I, I want to see how I can develop more of those kinds of qualities in the way I approach justice. The, the whole thing with our annual Ensure Justice Conference that I want people to remember as they plan each year to come. And it's always going to be in the spring every year. You can always go to our website, gcwj.vanguard.edu to see when the next one is. But the idea of ensured justice is from the scripture in Proverbs 31.8 that says, be a voice for those who have no voice, ensured justice for those being crushed. Mm. And as I listened to, um, to Chai Ling I thought about the insured justice for those being crushed. What does that really look like? And, and that takes me back to hearing Harmony's story. It's like, how do we intervene before it happens? It's like the little, the little um, fragile egg in the robin's nest that gets um, accidentally kicked out of the nest. And who's going to catch it yeah. before it smashes all over the ground? Because it's really hard to put it back together. Not impossible restoration many many people are doing amazing work but what if ensuring justice not not focusing on the retribution and the bad guys and and even not the the whole restitution thing which is so helpful for victims but what if what if they never became victims what if they were like the little boys in second kings um what if they were like the vision that um chiling has for the daughters of China. So I'm, I'm excited about justice conferences and next year uh, I'll probably go to three or four again. You know, it really does come back down to a conversation about prevention and economics. Mm-hmm. You know, the money piece is always there and it's a huge driving factor. So I'm glad we spent some time talking about that today. And Sandy, from your experience over these last two conferences, what advice would you leave us and how to approach whether it is a justice conference or maybe you know maybe just another conference in the professional world uh, for those of us going out to conferences wanting to build good connections what advice do you have for us get there early and leave late hmm why do you say that so you have time for people 
Look at people, see people. Look at them in the eyes. Ask them what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, I really didn't spend much time talking about what I'm doing. I mean, I had to lead a workshop and I, I, you know, I had that time, but the rest of the time I felt like I was on a mission to find out how other people are doing this and who's doing it better, who's doing it differently, um, where they're doing, doing this work and how I can apply that to what I'm doing and how I can use it to empower my students. And had better results than you've had probably at conferences many times going in the past. Oh, absolutely. You know, it comes back to that principle from Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, of that one of that first principles he talks about is become genuinely interested in other people. And if we do that truly, genuinely, that we can build some amazing connections. And ultimately, we get more out of that too then in the long run. It comes back to us. So... That's such a great reminder for our, our audience and a reminder for both of us, too, when we go to conferences uh, to step out and to ask questions and to listen and to become interested. And if we do, boy, it's just amazing to see how those connections really do grow. Speaking of great connections, uh, one of the things that we are so grateful for is the wonderful connections that we have with our audience, who's a part of this uh, community. And I want to especially thank uh Sandy, I don't think I mentioned this to you yet. I want to thank Jackie, who's part of our listening audience, who left a review on iTunes uh, within the last couple of weeks. And Jackie says, thank you so much for creating this podcast. I've referred to it many times in my presentations and continue to learn something new with every new podcast. Jackie, thank you so much for hopping on iTunes and leaving us a review. We're very grateful for it. And we're grateful for it, not for ourselves, but uh, the more uh, folks that uh, leave reviews on iTunes uh, about the show, especially a written review, the more people find this podcast and the more people that find it and uh, study the issues, the more we can be a voice and make a difference out there in the world of helping all of us end human trafficking. And we know, Sandy, that's great for all of us because we're in it for the long term. We're in it for the marathon. That's right. Sustainable. Yeah, not just for the sprint. And if we can do that, then we uh, we are all better off for it. And speaking of our community, we want to hear from you. So if you have comments, questions, or feedback for us, question of something that Sandy's talked about today, maybe you want to know more about one of the conferences Sandy's mentioned, by all means, reach out to us. Uh, Our feedback uh, email is gcwj at vanguard.edu. And this podcast is a production of the Global Center for Women and Justice here at Vanguard University in Orange County, California. And the other way to reach us is by phone, 714-966-6360. Sandy, it was great to talk with you again today, and I look forward to joining you again in two weeks for our next episode. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.